Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, Chapter 8, continued. Section 10, I will satiate thy thirst for souls. Only in February 1956 did Mother Teresa offer Archbishop Perrier a more detailed description of her spiritual experience, providing a fuller picture of an interior affliction for which it seemed human help could offer no remedy. Your Grace, I want to say to you something, but I do not know how to express it. I am longing, with a painful longing to be all for God, to be holy in such a way that Jesus can live his life to the full in me. The more I want him, the less I am wanted. I want to love him, as he has not been loved. And yet there is that separation, that terrible emptiness, that feeling of absence of God. For more than four years, I find no help in the direction of Reverend Father C. Van Exum. Yet I obey him blindly. Often I have gone to the confessional with the hope of speaking, and yet nothing comes. Sometime last year I told Father about this, and he told me that this should be put before you. I am not complaining. I only want to go all the way with Christ. I am not writing to you as to his grace but to the Father of my soul. For to you and from you, I have not kept hidden anything. Tell me what your child should do. I want to obey at any cost. And if you tell me to continue like this till the end of my life, I am ready to obey cheerfully. Please, your grace, pray for me, that I may draw very close to God your devoted child in Jesus Christ, Mother Teresa M.C. To this bearing of her soul, the Archbishop answered with a short summary of the teaching of St. John of the Cross on the dark night, without directly referring to it. In what you reveal, there is nothing which is not known in the mystical life. It is a grace God grants you, the longing to be his entirely without return on self or creatures, to live by him and in him. But that longing which comes from God can never be satisfied in this world, simply because he is infinite and we finite. He again pointed to the great success of the mission as a sign of God's presence. God's blessing is on your work. Thank him for it, he wrote, recommending her to pray, do with me what thou wilt, and refuse him nothing. 
Without knowing it, the archbishop was echoing the private vows she had made 14 years earlier not to refuse God anything under the pain of mortal sin. He was touching that secret bond that was hiding everything within her. Did she perceive in this exhortation God's hand encouraging her to continue in the way he had chosen for her? As the excruciating inner pain persisted, she hoped for a few days of respite during the upcoming retreat. In her response to the archbishop, she showed her determination to give Jesus a free hand and accept everything he would permit in order to satiate his thirst for souls. Please pray for me that it may please God to lift this darkness from my soul for only a few days. For sometimes the agony of desolation is so great, and at the same time the longing for the absent one so deep. The only prayer which I can still say is, Sacred Heart of Jesus, I trust in thee. I will satiate thy thirst for souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, child of Mary, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When did Mother Teresa finally get a sympathetic, loving, understandingly given response from the Archbishop? Well, when she opened herself more to him. See, there's a correspondence between her finally sort of opening up more about what she's going through and his grasping what's happening. Until this point, the way she worded things and the way she said things had not really given him a picture of what was happening. But when she did, and especially when she described this four years of being unable to communicate with her spiritual father, her confessor, this must have touched the Archbishop's heart. This must have shown him more clearly what she was undergoing. And so he responds, not by telling her general advice about what to do, persevere, but he interpreted her experience in light of the tradition of other saints in light of the mystical tradition in which God allows this deep longing in the soul. He allows this deep longing without any return so that 
we can be purified so that we can live his life more and more. But it's very interesting the way Mother herself describes it. On the one hand, she's describing an experience of incredible longing. She says that she has a longing for the absent one so deep. In other words, she heard the voice of Christ. She can't forget what she heard. And the burning love that she feels for him is so deep. And yet, he seems to not be there. There seems to be a love for someone who's absent. The object of the love, the one she's trying to give herself to, has hidden himself. When did Jesus ever do this? Does Jesus act this way? Well, on Easter Sunday, he seemed to do something very much like this, didn't he? First with Mary Magdalene, she came to the tomb. She was weeping. She was longing. She sees the gardener. Where have you taken him? Show me. I'll go. I'll, I'll bring him. And then he says, Mary. And she recognizes him and she clings to his feet. In other words, he was there. But yet, to her mind, he was absent. She's looking into the tomb. She's weeping. She's longing for him. Longing for him who's there. But to her mind, he's not there. It seems that he's not there. Well, something like that can help us understand what Mother's describing. Or go to the road to Emmaus. Later that evening, he draws near closer to those two than he was before, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And they go on, they're walking, he opens the scriptures, and their hearts are burning. Were not our hearts burning within us as he opened the scriptures to us, as he talked to us on the way? And yet, they're longing for him, they're burning for love for Christ, the one about whom he's talking in the scriptures, about whom the, all the Old Testament speaks. And yet, they thought he was absent. They felt, they sensed that Christ wasn't here. In the midst of that longing, that burning love for an absent one, they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. He offers the Holy Mass. And somehow then there's a moment of recognition. Well, this kind of brief period of thinking Christ is absent yet longing for him. This is the kind of thing that Mother Teresa is beginning to undergo. But it's not only a longing for him as though he's the sort of object of her love. She's longing to be holy so that what? So she can be all for God. What does that mean? She says she wants to be holy in such a way that Jesus can live his life to the full in me. That Jesus can live his life to the full. So it's not only that she's directed 
to Jesus as the one she loves, she's also directed to him as the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. She wants to live his life. She wants to participate as fully as she can in his life. On the other hand, she wants to love him as, he know, as though he's never been loved before. Well, who loves Jesus infinitely? The Father. And what is the life of Jesus? The life of Jesus is to live for the glory of the Father. And for the salvation of souls whom the Father loves. And so Mother is caught up here. She's caught up in this participation, the inner life of God. She wants to love Jesus as he's never been loved. And she also longs to live his life, to be like him as much as she can. But finally, he's the way, the truth, and the life. She wants to live this life. She wants to love him as the truth, as the object of her love. But he's also the way. He's the one that can lead us to the Father. He's the one that shows us that we're loved. And yet, what does Mother Teresa experience? Not only longing, she experiences being unwanted. And in proportion as she wants him, she feels that he doesn't want her. Now we know, of course, that our Lord is infinite longing. Infinite longing, infinite love. And he loves her with the infinite love. He thirsts for her. And yet her experience is that he doesn't thirst for her. The way she experiences it is that he doesn't want her. That feeling of absence of God. And not just that he's absent, but there's some way in which he doesn't want her. And what does she do? Does she complain? No. This lady is tough as nails. Her faith is incredible. She goes on. If this is what you want, if you want me to know, think you're absent, if you want me to be unwanted, all I want, she says, is for you to be glorified, you to be loved, your life to be lived somehow, some way. Oh, Mother Teresa, pray for us. We who are so quick to abandon our Lord, we who are so quick to disobey him, we who are so quick to seek consolation outside of Jesus, pray for us we'll stay faithful to our own little crosses. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.